cutting edge guests, awesome uncensored jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kind of have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul's awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. Welcome back from the Fox Studio lot in Los Angeles. We're happy to be here. For more than 100 years, the United States has, as a matter of official policy, opposed dictatorships around the world. But what if tyranny arrived right next door? What would that look like? And what would our government do in response? Would we liberate the people living under authoritarian rule as we have around the world? That is the topic of our upcoming Tucker Carlson Originals documentary, O Canada. Here's a first look at what we found. The cost of freedom is always high, but Americans have always paid it. Oh, mankind. Uh, we, we like to say people kind. Exactly. All right. The police then, then moved in and arrested me. In the entire time that I was in prison. They shot me point blank. My mouth, my nose, my eyes. I received bruises, like my hands were bleeding. No police should be arrested right now. I was arrested and cuffed and put in jail. The greatest danger of all would be to do nothing. Well, hello to all of you divine lions and lionesses out there. Welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show. We always stand for love, levity, and liberty because love is the greatest power in the universe. That's divined by our greatest omnipresence of divinity, God. And we have here returning to the show, and I'm so deeply honored, Pastor Arthur Pavlowski, who is rose to international fame for standing up. Some other people have said this is probably an incarnation of a black robe pastor who stood up for humanity in eons before the times of Babylon. And here we are as well with his benevolent son, Nathaniel, who, as we mentioned on our show with Michael Jaco, about 18 days ago, 16 days ago, depending on the time you see this, he had just returned from EU Parliament delivering an inspirational speech that roused people to their feet with a standing round of applause, a standing ovation. My name is Nathaniel Pelosky from Canada. I'm going to speak about the consequences of abuse of power under the guise of health set out by the WHO framework that local governments take upon themselves to implement. I'm the son of Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky, who you will hear in just a minute. I am here today in desperation, a cry for help. I would like to stand here and tell you all the things about freedom and democracy that I like, but I no longer know those things. They have been taken away from us Canadians. Canada has fallen. We no longer have freedom of religion, freedom of speech, or the right to protest, or assemble, or associate, or express ourselves, or have free media, or disagree with the government. Anyone who does so is arrested, charged, and jailed as political dissidents. My father was just found guilty of inciting mischief for giving a sermon to the truckers when they went and stood for our rights in 2022. A Christian sermon that referenced the Solidarity Movement was criminal in our government's eyes. A charge 
that has a penalty of up to 10 years in prison. This case sets a precedent to all Canadians and the world, if you allow this to happen, that anybody, including politicians and media, do not have the freedom to say or express what they have on their hearts for fear that what they say is mischief and could be liable to prison. I myself have been charged for preaching and reading the Bible publicly because the government claims the Bible isn't inclusive and is hateful. This is what the Canadian government is doing to us. In my father's case, the Crown Prosecutor, and I believe in naming names, because our oppressors do not get to get away with this without being named and shamed. So the Crown Prosecutor Stephen Johnston and Judge Gordon Crink claimed that when Pastor Arthur, my father, referenced the Solidarity Movement in his 19-minute sermon, it was an act of mischief against the government. The very Solidarity Movement that this Parliament reveres and has placards about all over the building. The peaceful movement that broke the Iron Curtain and repelled the Communist hold on Europe. The movement the Canadian government condemns and says is unacceptable. So I ask you, the rest of the free world, to intercede on Canada's behalf and pressure the Canadian tyrants to stop persecuting law-abiding free Canadians. When he returned from Canada into Montreal from Brussels, returned to Canada from Brussels in Montreal, Canadian Border Security Agency said, Nathaniel, you've got a warrant out for your arrest. And that happened to be two bylaws in the city of Calgary that the city of Calgary Police Services and their woke mayor, and remember woke stands for willingly overlooking known evil. And as Dr. King said, you turn a blind eye to evil, you're just as guilty as perpetrating it. And when he returned, as we showed, and we'll share again here in this show, they said, you are getting arrested for reading a Bible at a protest. Now, that might be old news to people over the last two weeks, but there's brand new news we're going to talk about today because he just returned again. And yet again, there's another warrant out for Nathaniel's arrest, a young man standing up for God, for our freedoms, and fighting against the communist satanic devils, which are all over the world. And the worst of it, CCP China and Canada. Thank you, gentlemen, for what you do. You're heroes. You put your lives on the line for humanity. And I'm deeply honored to meet you for the first time, Nathaniel. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I did uh, return from Belgium a few weeks ago, and there was a warrant out for my arrest that was informed by Canada Border Service Agency. Uh, so we made it, we made a huge stink out of it. We, uh, we, you know, my dad went to Twitter, we did shows, we put it out there and it looks like there was huge backlash because, you know, a lot of people were contacting Calgary police service and then Calgary police service actually responded on Twitter and said, well, actually there's no warrant. We're aware of no warrants or charges regarding this individual, which in itself was a lie because they are pursuing charges against me. So they are aware of charges against me. So half of that was for sure a lie. And uh, they said, well, there's no, we're aware of no warrant. Okay, well, nope, no problem. Uh, my lawyer looked into it. Looks like maybe it was an error of the system, something we don't know. Uh, but just uh, two days ago, I got back from uh, the States and I, I got into Calgary. And again, Canada Border Service Agency uh, took me aside and said, there's a warrant out for your arrest. But what was different this time is I was with my friend 
and he also had a warrant out for his arrest. He had no prior charges, and now there's a warrant out for his arrest as well. The two of us have the same charge and uh, the same warrant. Um, so obviously there was a warrant, and Calgary Police Service is pursuing charges against me. So um, you know they went gaslighting me last time, making me seem like I made this whole thing up, like it was a publicity stunt. Um, and I, I got the I got this on video this time because I'm not going to let them lie to the public when actually the system says there is a warrant out for my arrest and my friend who had no prior charges. Now suddenly we leave the country uh, to America, we come back and both of us are charged and and um, have a warrant out for arrest. So um, Calgary Police Service has not issued a statement this time. And we have the video of the Canada Border Service Agency telling us uh, we do have warrants out for arrest. Well, let's go to that video now, and then we'll talk about what the warrant is in particular for this arrest. And, and we've is I've got and this Nathaniel recording Canadian Border Services his reentry into Canada a few days ago. Who's arrest? Both of us have a warrant out for arrest. Is it a uh, municipal matter or provincial? It's provincial. Provincial. So, like, I want to refer you. So, like, I can give you guys the information and that way you guys are able to take care of it. Yeah. Um, like I said, like, we're we only actually uh, Canada wide ones for criminals. So as it's been done for almost any place, you were going to say you guys could just leave. Yeah, I had this issue. Uh, I came back from Belgium a couple weeks ago, okay. and uh, we had the same issue. And then we talked with uh, the lawyer and CPS. Mm -hmm. They actually issued a statement on Twitter saying that there's no warrant for this individual. Oh, okay, okay. So if, if that's the case, like maybe it's a system error, but yeah, you know. it, it's possible that it's still in there. Okay, like, uh, for both of us. Yeah, that's also. I, I, I looked them up earlier. Okay, because um, last time uh, they said it's a municipal okay. uh, bylaw thing, but you're saying it's provincial, so I guess it's something it's, else. It's just what I see. It's possible that ours is not there. There's like CPS, uh, like Calgary Police. That's what I'm referring to is they have more information, or all the police agencies have more than what we have. So it is possible it just hasn't been updated properly on there. That's that's all that was like. I'm not. well you did a great job of holding down you know and and keeping it relatively light and amusing and, and number one i think that's a great lesson for everybody you know from a sovereignty standpoint get pulled over you hold your ground why don't you tell us nathaniel what it was that they're charging you and your friend with yeah, so so first of all, I actually want to thank that officer because he was really polite. He was really kind. He wasn't trying to give us a hard time. And that's the thing, you know, credit where credit is due. If they're just doing their jobs and upholding, you know, our rights and freedoms, they're being respectful, then I have no issues with these, uh, you know, with these agents of the state. They're they're just doing their job. He was very kind. He helped us out. 
uh, wasn't giving us a hard time. He, you know, he, he was just a regular human being. It was, uh, it was really nice to see that because sometimes you meet robots or, uh, or my dad calls them like just Nazis following orders. They don't care about you. They just, you're, you're just a social insurance number and they'll go after you and, and they don't have, they have no, no regard for, for you as a human being. They're just doing their jobs like robot, like robots. Uh, so this guy was very nice, very kind. So uh, that was, that was refreshing to see. Um, we don't see that with Calgary's uh, Calgary police service very often. So it was nice to see at least Canada border service agency still has some normal, normal officers there. Um, but yeah, so a few months ago, actually, um, the city of Calgary was putting on drag show events for underage children, zero to eight year olds. So men, you know, biological men dressed as women, dressed in provocative clothing, reading to underage children uh, in a Calgary library, in a public library. Also, that's funded by taxpayer dollars. So multiple issues there right right off the get go. Um, so I decided to stage a more like a prayer vigil really is I decided to read the Bible, preach the gospel and uh, tell them that what they're doing is wrong. Uh, Antifa showed up counter protesters and they were protesting my event. But here's the thing. The mayor of our city, um, a woke mayor decided to pass a law that states you're not allowed to protest the LGBT community. You're not allowed to protest drag events within a hundred meters of that event. So completely discriminatory, unconstitutional uh, bylaw. Right, right there. It's just completely infringing on our rights. Uh, I was on public sidewalk, well within my rights. That's guaranteed under the Bill of Rights, under the Charter. And um, Antifa was there. They were protesting my event. So technically, they were also breaking the law as well. They were protesting my event within 100 meters of a drag event. So they were, they were uh, breaking the law as well. But only I and my friend were charged. Um, so we were charged with that bylaw and also uh, a bylaw of harassment. Uh, because apparently reading the Bible in public is harassing people. I, I don't know. The whole event is uh, is recorded. It's on YouTube. Anyone can watch it and decide for themselves if that's harassment. Um, so yeah, all, that's all we did. We, we preached the Bible um, and that was it. And we were charged and my friend's charges were dropped. Uh, mine were not. So we're, we're going to, we're taking that to court because we're not going to let uh, municipal, provincial, or federal governments uh, dictate what rights we can and cannot have. They cannot pass laws that discriminate against us. They cannot pass laws that infringe on our rights and freedoms. So, uh, you know, th their mentality is too big to fail, um, that we're too poor to fight. So they, they feel like they can get away with anything. But when someone stands up and decides to take this to court and can pay for a lawyer and challenges this and actually gets laws overturned, like my dad has done many times, many laws that he's taken to court got overturned, unconstitutional, illegal laws uh, that municipal or provincial governments decided to pass were overturned. So that's what we're doing here right now. We are fighting these laws so that they don't get to get away with this. Yes, it costs a lot of money. We have to pay crazy legal fees, but we're fighting this. Um, and it looks like they decided to charge my friend now with a bylaw harassment um, and me with another charge of bylaw harassment. I, I don't know what's going on with that warrant. Uh, my lawyer is looking into it right now, but uh, apparently we have two warrants um, out for arrests and we'll see what happens. So, so now guilty by association, if anybody hangs out with you, that's kind of the message that the Soviet communists use and, you know, pastor Pavlovsky, Sir, by the way, I want to say a shout to Mary Douglas. Thank you for connecting us. So a great, another great patriot as well. Divine lioness. Pastor Pavlowski, you grew up in communist 
Poland. Why don't you bring to the audience and anybody who's new here an understanding of what it means to grow up under communism behind the Iron Curtain and why you see this to be a parallel today of those tactics? Well, first of all, I want to say why Nathaniel's and Declan's story is so important, uh, because when this craziness, as I call it, the big lie started, I was warning the whole world, and not just Canadians, um, the free world, that first they are coming after the fathers and mothers, but be sure of it, they're going to come after your children. That's modus operandi. That's how they work. And I grew up behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets, and I've seen this with my own eyes before. I remember the tactics of the KGB or the police uh, during that time. If they had a hard time with the father, uh, for whatever reason, maybe it was too political, maybe it was too famous, and the eyes of the world were uh, fixed on that story, uh, they would come to that individual and they would say to him, you know what, okay, fine, we're not going to murder you, we're not going to break your legs and arms, because that was a norm, um, that's what they were doing, torture was a normal thing, and then, of course, the mockery of the trials, or as we used to call them, the show trials, where an individual was charged by the state, and by the way, the state uh, had only one party line. So you had multiple parties, but they were all chirping the same song. So you had different colors, uh, but they were all leading or moving you into the same uh, direction. Just like we have right now in the Western democracies, you've got multiple colors, uh, but they're all taking us to the same hell uh, because that's that's where they are uh, taking us. So going back to the story while we can't maybe do anything to you at this moment uh, we'll come after your wife we know where she works and we will go after your daughter uh, we've heard you you know we know you have a daughter that is 13 years old you know what can happen to a 13 year old kid you know what can happen to her when she comes back from school i mean lots of things use your imagination what can happen to that girl what we can do to her so the tactics of the soviets and and not just the soviets people have to understand the nazis used it every totalitarian regime uses the same tactics because it's the playbook they're just flipping the pages how to become a tyrant there was a great show i think it's still on netflix how to become a tyrant or uh, how to become a, a dictator and it's a very great show because it outlines uh, for everyone to see how others did it how adolf hitler did it how stalin did it how you know mao zedong did it i mean it's a playbook so um Nathaniel's story is very important because it shows that those evil monsters, and we have to understand they're monsters, those politicians are monsters now, they will stop at nothing, they are evil to the core, they're like cancer, and if you know anything about the cancer, you must cut it out or it will kill you, it will destroy you, uh, you know, it will keep spreading until you're dead, so... Um, they're coming after the children, they're coming after the families. And the system or the process, uh, put it this way, is the punishment. They understand that now these days to hire a lawyer to fight for justice, it's an impossible task uh, because who can afford uh, you know, tens of thousands 
in legal fees. I was told that 50% of the people living in a Western democracies do not even have $400 put aside for emergency. So if you don't even have $400, so half the population is struggling just to pay the bills, how are you going to afford a lawyer that, uh, like Nathaniel's lawyer, is $525 per hour? I had to give $10,000 retainer. You can't. So justice is only for the rich and powerful. Justice no longer exists for the common man, for the average Joe. So that's how they are getting away with literally with with the murder. Um, So the taking you through the ringer, taking you through through the system is the punishment itself. Either they win or lose, it doesn't matter uh, to them because they're not paying their legal fees. So a mayor can pass unconstitutional uh, bylaws and who cares uh, she doesn't she even if she loses that bylaw it's not really hurting her because she is not paying for the legal fees we are so in the end of the day we are being raped repeatedly over and over again by the very people like judy gondek she's the mayor of calgary judy gondek that psychopathic pathological liar that as we call her the witch of the West, she passes uh, illegal laws because she knows majority, 99.9% of the people will not be able, if charged, to defend themselves. Um, So that's why it's so important what Nathaniel and Declan and Josh Alexander and others are doing right now, hiring a lawyer. And of course, we cannot do this ourselves because we are too poor. That's why we are doing the shows. That's why we are reaching to people like you and your viewers and your listeners, uh, because we cannot do this alone. My brother David has this saying, we're willing to fight. We're willing to spend the time in the trenches. We're willing to be in the middle of the mud in the rain and snow, but you must provide us bullets. We will keep shooting. We'll keep fighting. We'll keep getting the lawyers. We will take ourselves. We will put ourselves uh, in the middle of this arena, but we need help. Without the help of the general population, we just simply cannot do it. And they win by default. So, of course, I'm super proud of Nathaniel and Declan and, and Josh and others that are rising up. We need the youngsters to come to the fight <coughs> against this evil, because in the end of the day, they have to realize, the young people have to realize that this is the country that they're going to inherit. I mean, we're going to die. One day we will be gone and it's their country. What kind of a nation they are going to have, it's really up to us, all of us today. We make that decision today. Uh, so. They're coming after our children. They have a hard time uh, muzzling me. As you know, we talked on your show the last time. Uh, the briberies did not work. I was offered $2 million so far. That's my record from the government to stop doing what I'm doing and guaranteed seat at the legislature, a job in a, in a government. Um, and that didn't work because I'm not like them. I'm not for sale. I'm already bought and paid for by my God, by his precious blood. And then it's coercion, it's blackmail. And now the fixers are calling and saying, hey, behave. Now you have to pay us 
and we will fix your problem. Now we want you to know that the judge is bought and paid for. He's going to do what we tell him uh, that needs to be done. Uh, withdraw yourself from politics. Don't talk about corruption and be a good boy or put it this way. Okay, let's just talk plainly. Be a good slave. If you will be a good slave, then all your troubles will disappear. Or like Nathaniel says, and you can uh, expand on that. I, I think he got this really in an amazing visual way um, that, the, that the totalitarian regimes have no problem with the people as long as the people are not exposing their corruption. So you have your rights. Like, think about it. You will never end up in any trouble if you're a good slave, if you obey the pharaohs of today, the globalists that are telling you you will own nothing and you will be eating crickets riding a bicycle in minus 35 in Calgary. I mean, in Netherlands, that's not a big deal. And there are hundreds of thousands of people riding a bicycle. But try to do that in minus 35, minus 45 in Calgary, Alberta, in our little Siberia. That's a totally different story. But that's what they have in store for us. 15-minute cities, digital ID, complete control. Um, they will tell you what you can eat, where you can eat, with whom you can eat, and etc. So he has this saying, as long as you obey the totalitarian regime, as long as you're a good slave, you are not end up in trouble. Uh, you got your rights. You've got your freedoms as long as you are not willing to exercise them. <laughs> so you have them on the paper. You know, I'll end with this and then I'll give it to Nathaniel because I really want people to hear from the youngsters. The youngsters are the new force that we need to activate. That's why I'm, I'm promoting, I'm helping, and I'm, I'm trying my best to get those kids out there into the public uh, because that's the force that is going to take down the uh, CP, CCP, you know, the, the communist Chinese uh, crazy devilish party in our uh, free world. So, um in Poland, when the Nazis invaded our country, Poland had a constitution. Poland was the second country right after the United States of America that implemented a constitution. Now, we were actually electing kings. People don't know that, but Polish people were electing kings. That's how uh, an amazing uh, democracy was flourishing in Poland. So when the Nazis invaded Poland in 1939, uh, Poland had a constitution, but the tyrants don't care about your human rights. Tyrants don't care about your uh, protection, uh, the criminal codes and the constitution, the charter rights and freedoms, etc. Uh, when the Nazis were defeated and we were taken over by the Soviets, Poland still, listen to me, especially Americans, Poland still had a valid constitution, which was always considered in Poland as the highest law. But the Soviets didn't care about your human rights. The tyrants don't care about your constitution. So for Americans, when you think that you're protected by your, um, uh, you know, amendments and you're protected by your, uh, you know, declaration of independence or the constitution, uh, think again. I think you have not been paying attention. Those people do not care about your piece of paper. You must care about your rights and freedoms. You must demand those rights from the wannabe tyrants, because if you don't do it, they're going to steal, 
They're going to take more and more until one day you're going to find yourself in a concentration camp and you will say, how did that happen? How, how did that happen? I mean, what did I miss? Because they're never, ever going to stop. They must be stopped. If they live that long with the vaccine genocide, which is another topic we'll get to shortly, because this is part of that totalitarianism, right? What you mentioned, Arthur, take the, out the man, decriminalize and criminalize the man, toxic masculinity, then take out the woman, and then they come after the children. And here we are. Nathaniel, your response. And by the way, all the links that you're referencing are will be below in the description. So the YouTube, the video, I shared that when it came out and your father posted it, you know, um, from that uh, from that stand that you took reading verses from a Bible at the Calgary Public Library, 100 meters away on public sidewalk, and the police arrested you. So those those links will be here in the description. Let's go to you because you are the hope. You you and your friends are representative of what it can be for the rest of the world. And I look forward to hearing from you, my friend. Yeah, so like my dad was kind of saying, um, people often say, Canadians at large, they say, what are you talking about? We have all our rights and freedoms. Like, well, what do you, what do you mean? You, you got arrested for eating the Bible? You mean... Well, you can't feed the homeless. Like, what are you talking about? It like just goes over right over their head. They don't understand um, what kind of rights and freedoms are being infringed in Canada. So, like my dad was saying, like you have all your rights and freedoms as long as you stick to the party line. As soon as you step outside the party line, you no longer have rights and freedoms. Um, and that's the whole point of rights and freedoms. It's to protect you from crazy governments from totalitarian dictators, like for all of human history, we've had totalitarian dictatorships. And now only recently we've decided to have um, uh, something called a, a democracy with a constitution that actually values rights and freedoms and upholds uh, human rights. But if you step outside that party line in Canada, well, you can quickly learn that your bank account is going to be seized. You're going to be trampled with horses, shot with rubber bullets, beaten with batons, thrown in jail, uh, uh, thrown into solitary confinement or psych wards. Like this is Soviet Soviet tactics that you see. And, and my dad's a pretty good, um, you know, voice of authority when it comes to communism because he lived through that. And and people that escape from Cuba or Venezuela or Russia or or China, they're saying like they're completely on board with this. Like th what we're seeing in Canada are is like that we're reaching the end goal, which is communism, which is a complete dictatorship, complete totalitarianism. Um, so, yeah, it, all Canadians have the rights and freedoms until you step outside the party line. And we've stepped outside outside the party line. And we're saying things. We're saying words. We're thinking thoughts that go against the government, which is now a crime in Canada. This is Orwellian. This is 1984. Like th this is straight out of that book because my dad's facing prison for a thought crime. He said words that the government disagreed with, not words of violence or uttering threats or anything that's in a criminal code. He said words to, uh, for people to protest solidarity style peacefully. So he said words that the government disagreed with. I said I, I just took a stance that goes against what the government in Calgary wants, which is an LGBT indoctrination push on children. I took a stand against that and boom, charges. You see uh, other guys like Josh Alexander, who's taking a stand in the school system, saying there's two genders, boom, arrested. So 
how do we have our rights and freedoms if we're just doing simple things and then being thrown in prison for it and, and being charged and all, all, all these, um, you know, but like, like my dad said, the process is the punishment being put through the process, the tens and tens of thousands of dollars and stress. And, and this, it's a terrible process. So it is a huge punishment. Uh, so I understand why they do it. It's, it's quite smart of them. Um, but yeah, we, we can't allow them to scare us because here's the paradox. If they remove one person, I don't, I don't understand how tyrants, dictators, totalitarian governments haven't understood this yet because it's so simple. If you take one person out of the play, uh, out of the play, out of the game board, another person will take that person's place, but it'll, it'll actually double. So two people will take that person's place. Let's say they remove one voice of freedom in Canada. Two people will take that place, that person's place. And if they take away those two people, four more will rise up after. And that's the paradox they don't understand that every time they go through this and they make a martyr, more people are waking up, more people are rising up to the occasion. So they just crushed a few, a few key players in Canada. I mean, they're going after my dad, Tamara Leach, all these people that stood up um, and they're being charged. Like, like agree or disagree with these people. Uh, there's there's Pat King, Chris Sky, all these all these freedom people. You know, agree or disagree, it does it doesn't matter at this point. They took a stand for the Constitution of Canada, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and they're being charged. They're being thrown in prison. They're being put through this process. So they're they're trying to eliminate these people off the game board. And now young people are rising up to the occasion. Now more people are taking their place. And this is just going to continue to grow if the government keeps pressing their boot of oppression. It's only going to get worse for them. And that's the paradox they don't understand. But maybe that's the point we have to get to in Canada where they're crushing us so hard. It gets so, so bad that our, our apathetic Canadian minds start to wake up and we start to get out of our comfort zone. And it gets so uncomfortable to us that we actually stand up. Like, look what it took for Canadians to stand up during the truck convoy. We had to have our, our, our hockey games taken away, our restaurants, our bars, uh, our Canadian beer. And only then... Did Canadians finally realize, oh, oh, they're really, they're really not stopping. They're going to continue this oppression unless we take a stand. And that's when you had hundreds of thousands of Canadians join that truck convoy. So I think we have to get to that point again, because um, our tyrants gave us bread and circuses again, and we're back to just being asleep. So now it's getting worse again. Now they're pushing the, the gender ideology on us. And they're being viciously aggressive with the gender ideology stuff and the climate stuff. And so COVID went away a little bit, but now they're coming, uh, there's more vaccine stuff and there's all this other stuff that they're pushing on us. I think the worse it gets for Canadians, the better it's going to get for us, which is also a paradox, but I think that's the point we have to get to. Yeah, it's a way to waken up um, the world, so to speak. And you brought up a great example that they took away the bread and circus and then and then the citizens like under the days of Caesar, you know, start to get wild up, you know, like, wait a second. You've just really put us under your boot, even though the signs are there, but people dismiss it because they're going along their day and they have their entertainment. So that's pretty much where we're coming to. You know, I signed up to the military because I saw a genocide going up. I was a volunteer army, you know, the age of 17. I had to get my parents permission to sign on to it and then start the training at 18. And we have it here. That was for me to go overseas and be a peacekeeper under what we felt and I thought was a great organization. NATO, United Nations, peacekeeping. Now the veil has been pulled back. And that's also part of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms we're talking about here that you have in Canada. You're supposed to have these rights and freedoms, 
Yes, it's on paper, but it's a veil because behind that, backing it up, are those that are supposed to be in a justice system standing for you to hold it up, whether it's a policy enforcement officer, police, whether it is a sheriff in Canada, Americans might not know you have sheriffs in Canada. And then in addition to that, it is those who are conducting lawfare. So we have economic warfare, lawfare, information warfare, because they're trying to cut off Canada and communications from the rest of the world under all lock and key and government control. You have the CBDCs that are coming in, the digital IDs to come in, burn everybody out with directed energy and laser weapons. Can't believe that's new for people to learn about. I stood at the ashes in 9-11, having lived at West 57th and Broadway, watching rescue efforts go on while smoke was coming up and they're pulling people from the rubble. And then at 72 hours later, I was at the Pentagon that have been hit by a missile strike and I was 18 stories below it. So I've seen that evil and we now know that was an inside job and we now know the world is mostly awake. And if you're not awake to that, then understand that the vaccines that they've pushed on you, which are not vaccines, which are experimental mRNA gene therapy on purpose, it's expected as Leighton Gray and I just had a show almost prior to us recording this, it's expected by some estimates that one and a half to 2 billion people in the world may not survive the next 12 months. That means, you know, this is a homicide. Gates talks about it openly. This is a worldwide genocide. Gates has talked about it. The state of Florida is passing a bill right now, deeming all mRNA vaccines, biological and technological weapons, because in those weapons that they've coerced you to take, that they forced you to take, or some people willingly lined up like the sheep they wanted them and indoctrinated them to be, they have millions to trillions of nano robots inside it that are hooked up to the internet of things that are broadcasting Bluetooth from the grave of these people. So if that doesn't upset you enough, just know that there are ways to take care of that for anybody that's been harmed, not spreading that as a fear porn tactic, but you have to understand they don't have your best interests in mind. They have theirs and they serve a God that is the devil. That's it. COVID turned around as Divok. Divok in Hebrew is the demon within. They play with all of these numbers. So right now you need to stand up. There's a million person march coming up and we're hoping that this is going to be a global initiative and we can get people on board for. And um, the links are here below as well to donate for Pastor Pavlowski because September 18th is his sentencing hearing in Lethbridge, Alberta for facing 10 years in prison for giving a 19 minute sermon at Coots Alberta Freedom Convoy. So Nathaniel, what are ways that people can start organizing peacefully and getting prepared for this million person march? Why don't we hear about it from you? Because you're also a good friend of Josh Alexander, part of the youth that are orchestrating this movement that we, as the adults and humanity in the world, need to get behind. And we shouldn't have our youth out front for us, folks, by the way, but they're still doing it. So let's get in front of them and support them because it's a message of peace, love, and hope. Yeah, well, uh, I, I believe it's September 20th. Uh, so I would look online, probably social media is where you're going to find the information, where it's where it's going to be locally for you, um, how that's going to be, who's organizing in your area, how that's going to work. Uh, you're going to have to look, you know, Canada's huge, so you're going to have to look how, how that's all going to be organized. Um, and just show up. That's that's all it takes. Just show up. It's It's very simple. Um, if you care, if you care about Canada, if you care about children, if you care about 
any kind of morality or decency in Canada, just show up. It's as simple as that. You know, like you were describing before, you know, people have the, the flaw of people is that we trust authority blindly. Um, and in Canada, especially like we don't understand that well, Europeans get this a little bit more that your own government can be out to get you. Your own government is actually probably does not have your best interests at heart. They are greedy, selfish, and they don't care about you. And they're actually here to harm you. Europeans understand that a little bit more because we've experienced that throughout history where our own governments were actually oppressing us and actually hurting us. Um, so Canadians have no idea that that could actually be the case. Um, Americans understand that a little bit more. They actually had to fight for their freedom. Canada was just handed it on a silver platter. Um, so, so wake up, just start to see what's going on, the signs. Uh, you don't have your rights and freedoms. You step outside the party line, boom, you're going to be hammered. Um, and it's very simple solution. My dad can explain this better than I can because he witnessed the solution growing up. It's people coming in unity together in numbers and standing up against the, the government peacefully. It's very simple solutions. So just show up. It's very simple. So here, here is how it was done uh, when I was growing up. So I grew up in hell. And that's the only way I can explain communism and socialism. I, I understand that especially Canadians are uh, fascinated with the idea that everyone will be equal, that everyone will have the same. Uh, but that's not the case. 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million Polish people with the iron fist. You see, human nature comes in. And if you can have more, naturally, you're going to be grabbing more. And, and that's what it is. So communists, they have been given a power over millions of people. So they were grabbing left and right like mad dogs, eating and celebrating and partying and the rest while the rest were slaves. So um, the problem with Canadians and Americans, I mean, New Zealand is the same. Um, Australia is the same. It has been too good for too long. So when you have too good for too long, uh, you just don't want to give up of the incentives. You just want to, you want this good time to continue. You just want to have a great life and you want to go, um, you know, to work and have three times a year vacations and drive nice cars. So the rest, well, who cares? Well, you must care because they're coming after all of those perks, if you will, and you're going to lose it all. And that's exactly what happened in Poland. Polish people lost everything. It was a survival mode. It was every day chasing after the necessities of life. And that was going on for a few decades. So it was not just uh, one day, one year, three years. It was going on for, for a few decades. So first they were raped and pillaged by the Germans. Then they were enslaved by the Soviets. Thousands, tens of thousands were murdered. And then the rest were subdued by fear. And I was born. So my parents went through hell. My father was telling me stories about, you know, um, you go to a Safeway right now or Walmart or whatever, you're shopping Costco, and you got, you know, a hundred different chocolates to choose from. Well, my parents, when they were born, they were born right after the second war. And my father was telling, and even a couple of weeks ago, he was sharing this with me again. So that tells you, even after all those many years, is still inside of him. He says, well, I remember when we had just a, a piece of bread and we would put water on it and just a little bit of sugar. 
and that was your cake. That was your sweets. That was your chocolate that you had for that day. That's it. Nothing else. Um, so that's what we're heading to. And I don't think people understand what I'm trying to say. They're coming after everything. You will own nothing and you will be happy according to them. And at the same time, when they are pushing communism and socialism, it's only for you, not for them. They are getting richer and richer. They're flying private jets. By the way, uh, the one uh, one trip on a private jet, um, uh, the private plane, um, has more damage. There's more damage in quote uh, than you driving your car for all your life. I mean, just in perspective, right? And they have sometimes three, four private jets. Uh, those people, uh, Gates, you're a devil. You're a domestic terrorist, David Gates is the biggest landowner in the United States of America. So those people that are telling you you will own nothing are accumulating this huge wealth around the world, stealing from you. And what's more important, at least for me, not just stealing from me, but stealing from my children and then their children. That's what worries me even more because what kind of a inheritance, what kind of a country I'm going to leave behind to those that I love the most, our children. So um, Poland, finally, uh, in the 60s, Polish people came together. The workers came together in solidarity, and they asked the youngsters to come and help them. But the youngsters said, no, we don't like your style. You know, let me paraphrase a little bit. You're too old. You know, it's like the youngsters right now look at us and you're from the last century. It's funny thing that every young kid thinks that, you know, his father or his mother is old and doesn't know what, you know, what we are talking about. That just every generation is coming to the same thing. And then we grow up and we realize, well, my parents were actually right in so many you know, cases, they were actually right on because they lived through it. So they have that experience. Anyway, the youngsters were cocky and arrogant in the 60s. And they said, no, we're not going to join you. So the strike happened in the city of Poznan um, in Poland. They took it to the streets, hundreds of thousands of people. That's where actually the uh, Hungary's revolution started from the city of Poznan in Poland. And that's how Hungary got freed. But anyway, that's another story. And uh, they were hammered without mercy by the communists. Some were shot, thousands were arrested, and they subdued the people again. Uh, ten years, About 10 years later, the youngsters finally had enough. So the students, the university students, the young people, young workers, finally they were sick and tired of having nothing and not being happy. Okay, because that's the bottom line. When you have yeah. nothing, you're not happy. You're struggling just to get necessities of life, okay? You're not happy. Um, I don't know how to emphasize that more. When you own nothing and the government owns everything, government controls everything, you are a slave. Slaves are not happy, full stop. So the youngsters took it to the streets um, and they went to the workers, so the older generation, and they said, hey, uh, we're sorry that we didn't support you 10 years ago, uh, but now we want to take it to the streets. Would you support us? And you see, here's the problem. And the older generation was so bitter and unforgiving and angry. They said, no, you've abandoned us. Some of us were shot dead. Some were, um, were taken to prison and we're not going to support you. So the youngsters took it to the streets and they were hammered 
without mercy. Some of the youngsters were shot dead on the streets of our cities. Thousands of students arrested and they crushed the revolution. And again, saying revolution, I'm talking about peaceful, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. style, civil rights movement, Mahatma Gandhi, solidarity, like Valenza style, right? And then, and then that's what I saw with my own eyes. And it's so important for people to understand that. Finally, 1980 comes. And I was just a kid, but I remember this time as it was yesterday. You can't forget what you what, what we have seen. You just you will never forget what we have seen. The tongues, the fires, the smokes, the beatings, the soldiers with machine guns, the martial law, the whole nine yards. We were actually arrested uh, with my mom and uh, my uh, uh, younger brother on the streets during that time. But anyway, going back to the story, um, finally, the youngsters and the workers came together and they realized, separated, we don't stand a chance. They're going to crush us. They're going to destroy us. We must come together. And that's my message to the people, to the Americans, to the Australians, to the New Zealanders, to Canadians. You must come together. If you want to have a future, you must Put your differences aside. This time, it doesn't matter where you go to church. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, if you're atheist uh, or, or not, if you're rich or poor. It, it doesn't matter. At this moment, uh, you're young or old, you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter. We all come together for the sake of our future, the future of our children. And they finally did it. In 1980, millions of Polish people united. Women, men, young, old, university, intelligentsia, workers, a strike, everyone took it to the streets and they paralyzed their system. And that was my message in Kuds to the truckers. And I think that message scared them. Solidarity scares them because solidarity is a vehicle that was used before to take down uh, the communist government. And now they're implementing communist government, so it scares them. And finally, when they did it in unity, we won. So it was done before. It can happen again. We can do it again. The globalists are not inventing something new. Tyrants come and go. I mean, we have entire thousands of years of history of tyrants coming and going and dying and or being hanged or whatever. Um, but the remedy for the problem has always been the same. We must come together. So I'm really, I'm really excited, put it this way, that this one million march is happening because that march has potential to unite every creed, every background, every color, young and old, people of different faiths. Why? Because those elites, in quote, are coming after all of our children all of our children you see no one is excluded no one is safe i said it thousands of times in the end of the day villains and victims are always victims in the end of the day during those totalitarian regimes no one is safe including the elites they were murdering each other left and right i mean the terror within the political parties was unbelievable. If you know what was happening with Mussolini, with Stalin, with Hitler, everyone was killing everyone. Uh, Stalin killed all of his closest, um, uh, you know, advisors and ministers uh, because they're terrified that they're going to be murdered themselves. So 
It's a crazy times. Again, villains and victims in the end of the day are all victims. So we must come together. This is not the popularity contest. This is not, I don't like your style anymore. We're fighting for the very lives of our children. And it's time for the men and the women to rise up, stand up and push this great evil again. And then you can go back to your hockey games. You can go back to your restaurants and you can go back to your merry life. Um, but if you don't rise up now, if you don't stand up now, you won't have a merry life. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what we need. And we need that worldwide and we need that all at once. And it's about the crippling of the system, right? And the system they've designed is to suck your soul your time, your energy, and your money. And once you cripple it, and we come together, and we hold hands across all faiths, backgrounds, belief systems, because the only thing that matters is life and love and liberty. That's it. Full stop. And if you don't have that, you're about to see if you don't stand up. And we have amazing people here, Arthur. I'm so blessed and Nathaniel on this show, and then watch this and then get this out. So I'm really blessed by this audience, especially the ones on Rumble, because you've been canceled by YouTube multiple times, Spotify, Instagram. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but these people have actually chosen, let's go find the truth and then hear the truth and share the truth. So I'm grateful for this audience that will share it, that will get active and get involved. And all of the links for the Million Person March in Canada, how to get involved, right down here in the description. This is a humanitarian effort show. This is something to get out there everywhere. And you're already seeing three young men, Nathaniel, Joss, and Declan, rising up and helping organize a million people on September 20, just in Canada alone, to say no. United on Compliance. Gandhi. MLK, Chris did it, Canadian Freedom Convoy, Pat King, Tamara Lich, and now here we are once again. And that will take place two days after Pastor Pavlowski's supposed sentencing hearing in Lethbridge, Alberta coming up. So this is not going to be the last time you're going to hear from these gentlemen on this show. They have a complete open carpet to come back on with anybody that's necessary to get the word out. And we'll be working as well to get them on other people's shows and get this message out across the world so thank you gentlemen and god bless you for everything that you do and you continue to do and the links are below to donate to their cause get involved in street church and as we wrap up here nathaniel and uh, arthur we'll go to you for final comments nathaniel oh who you're gonna go first well uh thank you so much for having us and uh to canadians just just remember that your rights and freedoms are slipping away and if you don't start to stand up now well you're not gonna have a country tomorrow um it's gonna be up to the younger generation to fix the problem that the older generation caused not to point fingers uh we're all in this actually together unlike what the politicians were saying for the last three years we actually are in this together because it's us against them and um yeah join the fight awesome and pastor would you leave us off in a prayer final comments and a prayer for the audience. yeah thank you so much for having us i mean uh, like i said uh, before i'm really looking forward to the youngsters to rise up to stand up and we need to be there for them 
uh, we need to help them uh, even financially as well so they can keep doing what they're doing i mean that's what uh, that's how they the totalitarian regimes win uh, because the young generation cannot afford to fight i mean they're so busy paying off their you know loans student loans and trying to just survive on their own uh, it's an impossibility for them to stand up rise up and fight uh, for for the next generation for their children uh, so we must help them there's no other way to put it we must embrace them support them encourage them and pay for this fight there is no other way how we're going to get our country back uh, we need lawyers we need them we need to unleash them put it this way and send them right there so they can you know rise up they can revive if you will some of uh, the others the other youngsters that were put down pressed scared and uh, deactivated they um, they will be able to do that because you know their words resonate with the younger generation sometimes when we are presenting what well, we are you know talking about uh, they say well you're you're old you're this you're that you don't know what is happening right now so that's why we need the youngsters when we unleash them i think it's over for the villains that's what i'm trying to say and we need to support them so uh, let's just uh pray and then and friends remember keep us in prayer and people ask me quite often how we, we would like them to pray and i say just pray a simple prayer the god's perfect will will be manifested in our lives that's good enough the god's will will follow us wherever we go and when we will be in his perfect will all of the other things will be added we we will be covered uh, with God's perfect will. So Father God, that's what I pray for the rest of the people here. I pray for your perfect will in their lives. I pray that you would watch over them. I pray that you would give them courage, um, give them everything they need, Father God. We speak words of blessing, healing, prosperity, and everything else that they need in a mighty name that is above every other name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So thank you so much for having us. Be blessed, stay strong, don't quit, don't give up. And just like you started this podcast, we are lions and lions never bow before the hyenas. We eat them for breakfast. Yeah, I love that. Great words. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what to do. God bless you all. <laughs>